This is the World Industrial News for Monday, August 29th, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part 10 of their podcast, How to Leverage the U.S. Infrastructure Bill to Modernize the U.S. Power Grid. Thank you so much, Mona. It's just invaluable insight as we you know, continue to peel this onion back and really understand what the next steps are. Um, Pat, what did we miss? Any any final thoughts? Well, there's one I had that, and you sort of addressed it, but this is not a U.S. problem. This is a worldwide problem. We've seen uh, transmission grids in every continent of the world. We've seen wildfires, people trying to cope with wildfires. We've seen electric vehicles start to become more popular, not as popular perhaps in California, but popular, a very high growth rate, 60% growth rates. So this is a worldwide problem. And the it's, it's infrastructure. It's often very hard to justify infrastructure. How do you justify a freeway or a bridge or a sewer? They're all justified because of the effect that others will have by leveraging that infrastructure. And I want to point out just one project, and perhaps that'll put things in in perspective. A lot of our our friends in Europe are, and have been for some time, very much invested in sustainability, use of renewables, and those kinds of things. But to have solar collectors in an area where the sun doesn't shine, or the wind doesn't blow. It's really makes you feel good, but it doesn't work. You have to go to where the sources are. So the transmission problem we're faced in the US, in other places they face it in through multiple countries. There's a project in the Middle East called GCCIA, which is a new transmission line, a DC transmission line, which is one then designed for a lot of renewables and it goes from Saudi Arabia down through and across and up and into Spain and Turkey. Think about that line. Turkey and Spain is where you would connect into the European grid. This now looks as the same effect of 30 years ago when they built gas pipelines into an area. You become very highly dependent, redundancy is needed. And at the bottom line, you can't build a solar complex in an area where you can't do anything with the power. So these are very much an enabling uh, technology. And I'd like to point out, they're not standalone. There was a project done in Southern California, it's called PowerLink, that was done by, by Sempra years ago. And what they did is they built a transmission line from our Mojave Desert into the San Diego area. And this all goes with the same idea that you can generate the power from solar, you can generate it from wind, and you can use it in the cities and urban areas and industrial areas. But those don't coexist. And so we have to get the power from one to the other. And those are good examples of how the combined technology of intelligence at the edge and new smart grid are gonna work together to make this basically a a better living environment. And just one, add at the end of this is that this is massive amounts of software. And I would remind everybody that software is very much a European and US driven project product. 
So it puts us into a tremendous competitive advantage that we have the software already doing many of these things. Awesome. Thank you so much, Pat. What fantastic discussion and insight. You know, I think we're just really scratching the surface here. So thank you both, Pat and Mona, for joining us. And we'll look forward to continuing this uh, discussion. I can't wait to see what the next topics are. Thanks again. Thank you, thank Megan. You. To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Industrial Info is pleased to be presenting a complimentary webinar on the outlook for the oil and gas sector in the age of the energy transition. The webinar will be presented on Wednesday, August 31st at 10 a.m. Central Time and will be repeated for audiences in Europe and the Asia-Pacific region. Visit industrialinfo.com for more details and RSVP. Although several gigawatts of coal-fired power has been retired in the U.S. in the past several years, with more retirements on the way, coal use in the U.S. nevertheless went up in 2021 from 2020 levels, according to the U.S. Energy Information Administration. According to the EIA, coal produced 773,393 gigawatt-hours of power in the U.S. in 2020. This rose to to 898,679 gigawatt hours last year, an increase of 16%. While reasons for this vary, the rising cost of natural gas can account for some of the increased use of coal. The Argentine province of Nuquin, Vaca Muerta's most prolific shale area, has presented its Vaca Muerta development plan for 2030. Governor Omar Gutierrez presented the project at the Argentine Oil and Gas Conference earlier in August. Nuquin plays a central role in the nation's oil and gas operations, given that most of the Vaca Muerta shale reservoir, one of the largest in the world, spreads across most of its territory. As a result, Nuquin has been key in the rise of Argentina's oil and gas production over the last few years. Germany, Spain, and Portugal are talking to the European Commission about building a gas pipeline from the Iberian Peninsula to France that would help relieve Europe's dependence on Russian oil and gas. Germany's Chancellor Olaf Scholz is pushing for a gas link between southern and central Europe via France as the region faces its greatest energy crisis in decades following Russia's invasion of Ukraine and its subsequent throttling of gas supplies. And JFE Steel Corporation plans to construct a 150 cubic meter carbon recycling blast furnace with a methanation apparatus in its Chiba Integrated Steel Mill to conduct demonstration tests related to carbon neutrality. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www.industrialinfo.com. I'm Peggy Tuck reporting for Industrial Info News.